Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to week number three of Covered. Anybody uh, enjoyed this series over the last couple of weeks? I hope you've gotten something out of it. I've enjoyed teaching this. And uh, week one, we talked about just say it. We know that when we speak words, um, the word of God, that angels respond to that word and that, that is spoken out of my mouth. And um, they perform the word, bring a harvest back into my life. Last week, we talked about using your key. Uh, Jesus said, I've given you the keys. To the kingdom, and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So it's not that earth is waiting on heaven, heaven is waiting on earth. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Use your key. Use your key. All right. Today we're we're gonna go a little bit deeper in this. I want to talk to you about pushing your answer through, pushing your answer through. And um, this is a difficult assignment today because I have 36 minutes to do it. And um we're jumping into the deep end of the pool, all right? Um, this, our summer months, June, July, and August, we usually uh, take time to go a little deeper in the Word, and there's a reason for that. Our growth season here at Bethesda runs from September when we do at the movies, and we grow pretty much continuously all the way to May, and barring a terrible uh, winter where um, there's a lot of snow on the weekends, but we reach a lot of guests from September all the way to May. But June, July, and August, it's vacation time. Uh, we still have guests um, that come to our church each weekend. It's just not as many. Uh, and so we try to take this time to go a little deeper, to give you some spiritual meat. Um, not that we don't do that all year, but sometimes we go a little bit deeper June, July, and August. And this message is going to be a little deeper. And so, um, Hit your neighbor and say, let's jump in. All right, let's, let's just jump in. Uh, I hope that you can grab this today. Um, speaking of deeper things, we, what we have to know, let me set this up. Spiritual things are often hidden. Spiritual things are often hidden. Jesus spoke in mysteries, right? He, he would use parables and mysteries. And many times, spiritual truths are hidden, all right, in secret places, that, that a lot of times God will allow the common person to find the common thing, all right? He, he will allow that to happen. But if you really want to know the deeper things, how many know you got to be a, you got to be a person who seeks, right? That there is, there's something about seeking and, and, and going after those, what I call the truth behind the truth. The thing about the truth behind the truth is that they don't always preach well. And the reason the truths behind the truth don't preach well is because the carnal mind has a hard time understanding the things of God. That's what the Apostle Paul said. The natural mind or the, the, the carnal mind has a hard time grasping or understanding. And for a lot of people, it seems foolishness, all right? So, so we're going to kind of go into that direction today. And, and let me just say, one of the biggest compliments I can get as a pastor is when somebody comes and says, Pastor, you took a complicated thing, and you helped me understand it. Like, that is like the biggest yes for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, people leave the church and say, it was really, really good. And, and you say, well, what are you talking about? I don't know, but it was good. Like, how many of that's not a win? 
That, that's not a win. Like, you have to leave here and be able to say, we took this truth, but this, this is how it applies to my life. That, that is the win. So we're going to go to Daniel chapter 10, and uh, we're going to look at verses 1 through 14, and let's set it up a little bit. Daniel is in captivity. That's the same book that we find the three Hebrew boys who were thrown into the fiery furnace. And all of God's people are living in bondage. They're living in captivity in Babylon. And they are under an evil king and an evil empire. But Daniel has found favor with the evil king. And I love that because don't ever think that just because you're in a bad place that you can't find favor. God can favor you in a bad place. Daniel's in a negative place with the empire he's under and the king, and God favors him and elevates him. And part of the reason for that is Daniel is a dangerous person. And the reason he's a dangerous person is because Scripture says he prayed three times a day. How I many of those people that talk to God all the time, they're dangerous. I mean, the people who talk to God all the time are dangerous people. And so Daniel has been elevated uh, to this place of favor. And while he's praying one day, he's, he's really asking God, like, God, how long are we going to be in this mess? Like, this is not your plan. How long are we going to be in captivity? How long is this going to last? And, and, and so that's, that's where we see where, where Daniel's heart is, where he has this vision with the angel that we're about to read, at, read about. But before we read it, here's the first thing I want you to get. The spiritual realm is in charge. A lot of people think that, you know, it's just finances and health and family issues and relational issues and I got this issue, but it's really a spiritual issue. The spiritual realm is in charge. Now let's read Daniel 10. It says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. The first thing the enemy did to Daniel, his name's Daniel, but he changed his name to Belteshazzar. The first thing he did to Daniel was change his name. And that's what the enemy does to us. His plan's no different. The first thing he wants to do is to change our identity. That, that if we don't know who we are in Christ, we're already defeated. That's a different message, but that's the first thing he did was to change his identity. Look at, look at this next verse. It says, the message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. This is where we get the Daniel fast right here. Okay, now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Euphaz, his body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. So when this one angel spoke, this is not God, this is an angel, when he spoke, it sounded like a football stadium completely full on a Sunday afternoon. I crack up at the people who say they see an angel like every Tuesday at nine. Like, you didn't see this guy. Because if you saw him, you'd been washing your pants. Right? I mean, this, this is a bad dude. I mean, this is, this is not an everyday occurrence. Verse 7 says, I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision. This is so important. There were a lot of people there, but only Daniel saw it. Okay, a lot of people there, this is going to be important later. A lot of people there, only Daniel saw it. Now look at verse, let's drop down to verse 12. 
It says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. The angel said, I didn't come because you're cute. I didn't come because I like you. I came because I heard the word come out of your mouth. All right? Angels respond to the word. But verse 13 says, The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. We have learned in this series that angels are God's military. And they are sent to minister to those who have inherited salvation. Every person who has received Jesus as their Savior, you have an angel. And I'd like to take it a step further. You don't just have an angel. You have angels at your disposal, all right, plural. The Bible says that we are surrounded by an innumerable number, all right, of angels, company of angels. That um, as I'm speaking now, there are angels that we can't see all around, okay? That's scriptural. And, and what we need to know is that the spiritual realm is in charge, all right? That, that is so important to understand. The Apostle Paul said it like this. He said in, in, in Ephesians 6, 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Paul said there are spiritual, um, there's spiritual wickedness living in heavenly places, and we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting against spirits. So, so what, what you have to understand is you're not fighting, and you got to pick this up early, or you'll be fighting the wrong battle. You are not fighting your spouse. You are fighting the spirit. That is good. Why are you calling them names? Why don't you get on the same page and start speaking to the devil to get up out of there, right? You're not fighting your kids. You're fighting a spirit of rebellion. You're not necessarily fighting a boss. You are fighting a poverty spirit that has been in his mind for the last 20 years. It's not the person you're fighting. It's the spirit behind the person. So we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And this is why we have to understand how angels work, God's military. The psalmist said, I I need help, so I'm going to look into the hills from where my help comes from. He's talking about God's help in the form of angels. And so the groundwork that we've laid in this series is, number one, angels are called to help us. Okay? They are called to help us. Secondly, we have authority over the angels. They come and minister to the heirs of salvation. The third thing is, is that they respond to the word spoken out of my mouth. This is where I said a lot of y'all's angels are bored. Because you've given them absolutely nothing to work with. And then the fourth thing is the angels are the reapers, that they bring a harvest back into my life, which means my job is to sow, my job is to speak the word, my job is to praise God anyhow, my job is to hold on to my confession because scripture is very clear that I will reap if I faint not. But I have to hold fast my confession. Now, we're going to go back and look at this one more time, but I want you to see the three heavens. Let's throw that up real quick. The three heavens. All right, the first heaven, or the third heaven, is where God lives. This is the abode of God, God's house. How many are ready to spend eternity in God's house? Anybody ready for that? I'm ready for that. All right, but God is living and existing in eternity, 
And this is the abode of God. That's where he lives. Now, let's break this down a little bit. We see the third heaven throughout Scripture, but on one occasion we see it in the book of Revelation. John is on the Isle of Patmos. He writes the book of Revelation, but he, he has this vision. He's called up, elevated to the third heaven, and he's put on an island, okay? This is his punishment because he's preaching Jesus. He is, he's banished to this isle all by himself, left uh, for dead, and while he's there, he's caught up in the spirit. I love this because a lot of theologians believe that John was not only banished to an isle by himself, but that he was also boiled in oil three times and refused to die. How many of this? This joker's tough, right? Like, but he's on this isle all by himself. He's being persecuted for preaching Jesus, but while he, he's there, left for dead, we don't find him crying. We don't find him complaining. We don't find him, you know, having a pity party. What, what do we find John doing? Being caught up in the Spirit. My question is, is what do you do when people hate on you? John got spiritual when the hate came in his direction. All right, he didn't get carnal, he got spiritual. And so God gave John a vision. The book of Revelation, now don't, don't, don't miss this, all right? It's not just a book. It's really not a book. We call it the book of Revelation. But what Revelation is, is the vision John saw. The whole, the whole book is the vision. John was called up into the third heaven, and then he pinned down all that God showed him during that encounter. Now, God lives in the third heaven. The problem is, let me, where's my little pointer? All right, we got this. Y'all ready? I'm gonna, I won't blind you. Let's see if it works. Hold on. Look at that. Y'all see a dot? All right. I'll try not to put it in your eye. The kids had this before church. It was bad. All right. It was real bad. Uh, but God lives in the, in, in the third heaven. We are in the first heaven. That is earth's atmosphere, okay? That's where you and I are today. We live and function in the first heaven. The problem is not, not really where God lives, okay? The, the third heaven's not the problem. The first heaven is not the problem. If you are a believer, a follower of Christ, the problem is this area right here that we call the firmament. Everybody say the firmament. Y'all like that word, don't you? The firmament, all right? In the book of Genesis... We see that God made an expanse from the first heaven to the third heaven, and he called it the firmament, all right? Now, now think about this for just a second. In the New Testament, the word firmament is the word air, okay? Here's where we're going to connect some dots. Ephesians 2 says, verses 1 and 2, and you he made alive, okay, talking about you and I, who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's the New Testament word firmament, okay? Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Um, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Another place says he is the God of this world. What I want you to notice about Satan is, is that he lives in the air, but he rules the world. Okay, that's what I want you to really get. He, he lives in the firmament, okay, the air, but he rules the world. We have a dilemma. The dilemma is we need to get, go back to that three heaven slide. We need to, we need to get uh, what's in the third heaven, the abode of God, okay? We got to get the, how many of the answers to everything we need is with God? 
right? So the disciples came to God or to Jesus and they said, teach us how to pray. And when they asked him, said, teach us to pray, Jesus said, when you pray, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, our atmosphere, as it is in heaven, God's place, all right, as it is in heaven. I, I want you to pray that it will be in number one the same way it is in number three. But how many know to get something from three to one, it's got to pass through number two. And Satan is the prince of the power of the air, all right, the firmament. Now, let's, let's dive in just a little bit. It's interesting that when you, when you look back at the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God, God is so cool because God would create something and then he would step back and say, that's good. He praises himself, y'all. Come on. That's like, man, I am good. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he creates something and then he says, it's good. But there is one exception, only one. The one exception is the firmament. All right. When you read about the firmament, Genesis chapter one, I won't read it all, but y'all can throw it on the screen. You guys can read it. Verses six and seven, it talks about how God created the firmament, this, this space, this air. And instead of saying it is good, instead of speaking blessing over it, God said, and it was so. Everything else he said, it is good. But when he talked about the firmament, he says, and it was so. It's the only part that God doesn't bless. He skips over it. And, and maybe God just knew something well in advance before it would ever happen. Maybe, how many believe that nothing surprises God? How many know what I'm talking about? He knows the end from the beginning, all right? He, he, nothing surprises him. I just have to believe that Satan knew, or that God knew that Satan would rebel, and not only would he rebel, but one-third of the angels would rebel with him, and so he created a space that they would, would, would dwell in. Are you with me? Okay, walk with me for a minute. I know we don't do this all the time. If you're new to Bethesda, please come back um, next week, and then we're doing this again. So the week after that and the week after that, all right? Well, then we'll make it a little more practical. But I, I'm, I'm praying that somebody will get a hold of this so that you can push some answers through. A lot of people say things like, say, here, here, let me say it like this. Satan is not in hell. And I know that preach is good. And when I get up and say, you just send the devil back to hell where he belongs. Woo, that's good preaching, but it's a lie. We sing, send him back to hell. It's a lie. He's not in hell. He's not there. He is the prince of the power of the air. He exists in the firmament. We are dealing with spiritual wickedness that live and exist in heavenly places. He's not in hell. Hell has been reserved for him. Throw Matthew 25 up. Matthew 25 says that hell is prepared for the devil and his angels, but the devil and his angels are not there yet. And we got to get some answers from number three into number one, and what Daniel found out as he prayed is that there is a conflict in number two. There is a battle that has taken place in the second heaven. And this is the dilemma. How do we get those answers from number three into number one? You have an angel. That's, we've laid that foundation. You are surrounded by an innumerable company of angels. They cannot be counted. They cannot be numbered. 
If you'll remember in the Old Testament, there's a prophet named Elisha who has a servant. And the problem is, is that Elisha and his servant are sitting up in their tent, but they're surrounded by an entire army. And if you remember the story, Elisha is trying to convince the servant that we got more on our side than we do against us. But the servant's going out, and he's looking, and he's like, dude, these people are not on our side. We are surrounded. Like, what are you talking about? They want us dead. And if you look at 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 18, it says, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. you got to love the prophet here. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. We're surrounded. What what are you talking about, Joker? We are surrounded. We are about to die. And Elisha prayed and said, God, open up this man's eyes so that he can see. And the Lord, how many know he's not talking about his physical eyes right here. He's talking about his spiritual eyes. Open up his spiritual eyes so that this young man can see. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this People, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the words. Guys, this is not physical like chariots. What what Elisha's referring to, we got angels all around us, buddy. I know you're worried about the, uh, the, the, the army that's all around us. It looks really bad in the physical, but if you could look past the physical into the spiritual, you could see that we have more help and there is more for us than against us. Come on, somebody. There is help that's coming on our behalf that we don't know about, that I have spiritual strength that I don't know about, that you you don't know about, but I came by to tell somebody who's going through warfare, there is more for you, baby, than there are against you. There is help on the way. I'm going to preach myself happy. You have spiritual strength on your side that you don't even know about. There are angels above this building right now that we can't see. Angels around your babies, angels around your house, angels around your family. I'm telling you, there is more for you than against you. I know the devil's made it look bad, but I came by to prophesy to you, there is more help and it is on the way. If you can open up your spiritual eyes, God is going to allow you to see that victory is right around the corner. You have help that you don't know about it. Quit, Quit calling everybody else. I, you know, I try to be the best pastor that I can be, but I don't always have your answer. Sometimes you got to quit Facebooking people and tweeting people and calling people and texting people, and you got to be like the psalmist that says, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from God. God, help me to see that there is more for I'm going to preach until somebody gets a hold of it. I'm going I'm to seek you until I can see that there is more for me than against me. The enemy loves to make us feel isolated and alone and like we don't have help. And God is going to open up our eyes to see that not only is help coming, but our help has help. Our angels have reinforcements. That's what Daniel learned. See, 
What we need to know is that the spiritual realm moves faster than the fleshly realm. How many of the spirit world's moving a lot faster than you and I? I know you fast, Carl Lewis, but you're not that fast. We don't move as fast as the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is, is fast and it's invisible, all right? Fast and invisible. You live on this side of light, okay? And I, did, I should have wrote the number down. Maybe I'll do it for the, I keep forgetting to write it down. Let me just say it like this. Light travels real fast, y'all. Come on, y'all, teachers, help me out. It moves fast. It, I mean, it moves fast. Like, it, it moves so fast that your eyes cannot watch light as it travels. When you see light, you, have, you are looking at light that has stopped moving. God is light. One person got it. God is light, and he is the light of men. Some of y'all sitting up in here saying, I'm waiting on God. You ain't waiting on God. Your eyes can't even keep up with God as he moves. You ain't waiting on nothing, baby. When God decides to move, there, how many, there's no waiting. There's not a waiting game like I'm waiting on God. No, he moves way too fast for us. Now, we're going to go a little bit deeper, so hit your neighbor and say, you may need those arm thingies. <laughs> All right, 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read a scripture right here I've never read in church. All right? Because it's just one of those that you read it and like, oh, I don't know how we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it. 1 Corinthians 15, 40. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial, <laughs> y'all like, yeah, I know why now, bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Celestial means spirit dimension. That's what celestial means. It's talking about the spirit world. Terrestrial, on the other hand, means of the land or of the earth. All right, natural things. Daniel, you got to get this. When we read the Bible, we read it with 100% of the information, right? Like we already know what's going to happen for Daniel because we read the whole thing. We are given 100% of the information. But when Daniel's going through this, guys, and he's praying three times a day and fasting for 21 days, how many know he doesn't know what's about to happen? He doesn't have a clue what's about to happen. He's seeking God. He's believing God. He's speaking the word of God. But he doesn't know what's going to happen because what he experienced is not something you see every day. I mean, you don't see an angel every single day who speaks, and it sounds like 100,000 fans screaming. No wonder. You know, people get so messed up about, you know, I, I see an angel every Tuesday at 9 o'clock. No, you didn't see this one. Because when this angel, this, this was an encounter that Daniel probably was not expecting. Most cases would, would suggest to us that he was not expecting this. But here's what we know. Some type of angel was authorized to slow down and move from, I'm going to use the two words that we threw up on the screen. Y'all throw those two words back up, celestial and terrestrial. An angel was authorized to move from the celestial to the terrestrial, from the spirit world to the land or to the fleshly world. Hebrews 2 says 
that don't forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. So what we see is that this angel was authorized to move from the abode of God, pass through the second heaven where the conflict is, and bring an answer into the first heaven where Daniel lives. Angels are given assignments. They deliver assignments. And, and what we see here is a divine encounter between Daniel and this angel. Now, how does this happen? What's happening here? Two worlds, a celestial world and a terrestrial world, are intersecting. Are you following? The spirit and the flesh are intersecting. Okay, walk with me for just a second. I'm going to slow down so that I get this out right. Let me, let me, here's an example. The person sitting closest to you, the neighbor you like, um, look at them. I'm just kidding. All right, make a fist, make a fist, and I want you to fist bump, but don't just fist bump. I want you to push against each other. Kind of, kind of, don't knock them out of their chair. Come on, y'all. Just, just a little, little pressure there. All right, in the, in, in this world, in this world, God, we're going to get practical again in a couple weeks, but I, you got to get this, all right? Got to get this. All right, you can stop, you can stop doing that. Here, here. Some of you are like, like, the battle's in the second heaven, not here, all right? Okay, listen. In, in this realm, when flesh hits flesh, there's resistance, right? We, we understand. That's not hard for us to comprehend, comprehend because we live in this, right? We, we know flesh hits flesh, there's resistance. We can push back against it. But what we failed to recognize because we, we, we think so mystical sometimes, is that in the spirit realm, spirit hits spirit. Spirit hits spirit. Some of us think, well, spirit just passes through. It just passes through. If that was the case, how many of you understand that on day one, when Daniel prayed, his answer would have been on his lap? The problem was the angel said, I was, thank you, I was resisted, for the last 21 days, that I hit the prince of Persia, that there was a conflict. There was some angels that rebelled with Satan who were not on our side. And when I was sent on the first, he said on the first day, on the first day I, I responded and I came. In other words, the, the time that elapsed wasn't God because we know in 1 John 5 that if we pray according to his will, he hears us. So it's not about waiting on God, but sometimes there is resistance to get the answer from the third heaven into where we live. And so the angel said, I came up against the prince of Persia and he resisted me these 21 days until Michael showed up because my help has some help and help me get this answer. But Daniel, I heard you, baby, on the first day, and I've been trying to get the answer. The devil did not want you to hear God's voice. He did not want God's voice to push through the darkness, but I came by to tell you that I've made it. Michael, help me. Here's the answer. We responded to your word, and we responded on day number one. The spirit realm is real, y'all. Like, this is real. It took 21 days for him to push this thing through. Now, i got to kind of wrap this up somehow. Y'all like, man, I, this is a head-scratcher, right? If you remember, the, we started the whole series with the centurion who watched Jesus move in authority. If you remember that, that uh, sermon. And as he watched Jesus move in authority, he could speak something here 
and it would move something there. As he watched it, his faith increased. He was like, I don't really see it, but I get it. Like, when you speak, stuff moves. There's something spiritual going on with you. When this angel came to David, he, or came to Daniel, he said, the day you spoke it out of your mouth, I was sent. The elapsed time was not you waiting on God. The elapsed time was me getting through the second heaven. Is everybody with me? All right, I'm trying to slow down because I want you to get this. We're not waiting on God. We're not waiting on God when we pray according to his will. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, look at it. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, a will is a legal book, the Bible, right? If we pray according to the word, he hears us. So the angel tells Daniel, the moment you spoke, I came, but I was resisted. It took three weeks of you not only praying, but of you fasting, Scripture says Daniel ate nothing pleasurable, that he kept food from himself, that he mourned, and he, he sought God for 21 days. Because fasting on an earthly level, and I know we, we, we struggle with fasting on a Sunday because we're thinking about the buffet we're getting ready to go to. But he said fasting on an earthly level, what it does is it brings your, your, your soul and your flesh under submission to your spirit. That's what it does. And this is important because the spirit man in you can move at the same speed as God. Guys, this is not us. This is flesh. This is dirt. This is going back to the dirt. There is a part of you that came directly from God that is eternal. Will live forever. Can move like God moves. God created you in his image after his likeness. That is the real you. And so when we flesh, what does it do? What, here's what it does. Fasting causes our world to speed up and God's word, world to slow down. When Daniel fasted, he started speeding up in the spirit. God slowed down in the spirit and they intersected. If you want your world to speed up and God's word to slow down so that you can have an encounter like that, then how many know you got to get serious about God? you got to get serious about some answers. Now watch this. I'm going to show you. Scripture says that many people were there, but only one man saw this. The man who had fasted 21 days, the man who had prayed three times a day. Over 1,000 people will hear this message that I'm preaching today. But you know the truth? Out of those 1,000, there will be a bunch of people that will just look at me like, Pastor was a little weird today. And they'll go home and go on about their lives. But there'll be some other people that you need a miracle so bad and you need an answer and you need to hear from God so desperately that you're like, I'm going to push my answer through from the third heaven through the second heaven and I'm going to keep praying and seeking God until it lands in my lap. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to fast and I'm going to, I'm going to pray and seek God until my angel can deliver my answer from the third heaven through the second into my world. There will be people that will do that. The people that never see an encounter with God or never have an encounter with God, you know why? Their flesh is too strong. Their flesh is leading their life. The angel said, I came the moment you spoke the word. Hebrews 4.14, I'm almost done. Worship team, you can come help me quit. Y'all getting anything out of this? All right. No, I don't know, Pastor. All right, check this out. 
seen then that we have a great high priest. Who's our high priest? Come on, y'all. It's not a trick question. Who's our high priest? Jesus is our high priest. Who has, what's that say? Passed through, not the heaven. He has passed through the heavens, plural. Why is that important, Pastor? That second heaven can't stop Jesus. He has already passed through the heavens. He's already created a way for my answer to come from God's level to my level. And check this out. He showed his disciples in Acts 1-9. Throw that scripture up. Acts 1-9. says, when he had spoken these things, while they watched. Jesus has came. Jesus has died. Jesus has gotten up on the third day. But while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Listen. Jesus is the proof that your answer is on the way. He has already passed through the heavens. And it doesn't matter what kind of sickness you're dealing with. How many know by his stripes I am healed. He has passed through the heavens. He's already shown us the proof that he can get an answer from there into our world. He passed through and he made the disciples watch. I think it's because he wanted them to know that that second level, that this prince of the power of the air, the God of this world, he can't stop me. I can pass through at any time I want. And if he can pass through at any time he wants going up, how many know he can pass through any blessing? that you need, any healing you need, any miracle you need. He is a proof that we can have an answer. Come on, somebody. If you believe it, let's give God a shout of praise today. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, I preached my guts out. Come on, somebody. Let's give God a praise in the house. Come on. Amen. Can I throw you all a curveball, like a big one? Will y'all kill me? No. We've already done the song. Can we do do it again? We're going to do it again. You know why? Because some of you have been in such a fall spiritually that you don't believe God can do it again. But this morning, we're going to declare it. We're going to speak. I've seen him move the mountain. I've seen him do it before. Sometimes, guys, we don't have to look any further than the last time you were in a mess, God showed up and delivered you. And you need to be reminded that he will show up again. He will. I I, I don't throw curveballs because these guys work way too hard for me to throw curveballs. But we're going to declare this song. Before we do it, though, we're going to see who needs Jesus. Amen? Will you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Close your eyes. No one looking around. If you need Jesus today, you need to be saved. You need your sins forgiven. If you're watching online, it's not too late for you. You can click a button there and and say, I I need Jesus. But if you are under the sound of my voice and say, I need Jesus, I don't want to leave the same way that I came. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are? Say, that's me. I need Jesus. Thanks for this hand. God bless you, sir. Where's the other ones? Back there. God bless you. One over here. God bless you. Where else are you? Where else are you? Another one back there? God bless you. Thank you guys in the back for helping me. Anyone else? You say, that's me. Another one back there? God bless you. Come on, church. That's exciting, isn't it? That's exciting. People saying, I need Jesus. I I need Jesus. Amen. We're going to pray together. I want every voice lifted this morning. Come on, say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior, and I can't save myself. So I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me 
for all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Come on, love on those. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. If that was your mom, your dad, your son. Come on, you. Woo! This is exciting, man. It's what it's all about. I'm going to ask my prayer team and staff to come. As we sing this song, I want you to prophesy over your life. You've seen him move mountains before. You're going to see it again. And let, right now, let's celebrate two more people online who gave their life to Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.